Good morning and welcome to Palm Sunday. If you are a child or maybe you're a child at heart and you want to uh, come in with Katie at the, during the first hymn and wave the palms, just meet her back there at the beginning of the first hymn and follow her in, okay? A couple of announcements. There will be no confirmation class today because of Palm Sunday. There is a service coming up on Thursday, Holy Thursday or Maundy Thursday at 7 o'clock. We'll have our communion service. There is no children's handbells tonight. Easter egg hunt is next Saturday at 10 a.m. And that starts in the Family Life Center with all kind of activities before we move outside for the egg hunt. Hope you're here or there. Um, and one more, Holy Land information is now available as promised last week, and Bob McQuaid will be at the back. If you have any questions, he'll be happy to answer them for you. Let's begin our worship together.
be with you. Let us pray together. Almighty God, on this day your Son, Jesus Christ, entered the holy city of Jerusalem and was proclaimed King by those who spread their garments and palm branches along His way. Let those branches be for us signs of His victory and grant that we who bear them in His name may ever hail Him as our Lord and follow Him in the way that leads to eternal life. In His name we pray. Amen. Let us affirm our faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, 
born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. be seated. Let our children come forth for our children's time. doing this morning what is today Palm Sunday that's right come on in here no today is Palm Sunday that's right we're gonna talk a little bit about that Jesus had we're gonna see today had a glorious entrance into Jerusalem and when thinking of that entrance it made me start thinking of could I compare anything to that and the only thing that kept coming to my mind, and it's not even close to the level, would be a parade. Have any of y'all ever been to a parade? What kind of parade did you go to? An Easter parade? What about like a Christmas parade? Maybe a parade to celebrate someone like the mayor or someone important? What was your favorite part of the parade? You know, we usually celebrate important people when we do a parade. You know, like Santa Claus, like I said, the mayor, we even maybe a, a beauty queen, something of that nature. But uh, think of a parade as, a, as people line the streets waiting for their king, right? And instead of riding in a car, you know, most people ride in a car in a parade, right? And they wave. Instead of riding a car, Jesus rode a donkey, right? As he rode through the city, the people waved palm branches and shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Like y'all did. Y'all were waving the palm branches just a minute ago, right? Today we celebrate the entry of King Jesus into Jerusalem. And it was a day that marked the beginning of an incredible week. A week that would see Jesus cheered, arrested, tried, condemned, and then ultimately crucified. But as that week came to an end, another week began, just as the previous week had begun, with the celebration, right? The tomb was empty. So as we get prepared for Easter next week, let's think about 
today as Jesus was cheered coming in his parade into Jerusalem. Let us pray. Lord, thank you so much for this wonderful day. Thank you for what Palm Sunday represents. Thank you for our King Jesus. Father, he does so many things for us, and ultimately he gave his life for us. Help us to truly remember his true sacrifice as we prepare ourselves for Easter. We ask all these things in his name. Amen. Thank you. Philippians was written by Paul while he was imprisoned in Rome. He wrote it to the Philippians to thank them for a gift they had sent him and to encourage them in their faith. In our scripture today, Paul describes Christ's attitude of humility and how God exalted him. Paul's letter is also for us as believers. Listen to Paul's words found in Philippians chapter 2 verses 5 through 11. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the sun and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The word of God for the people of God.
Let us bow our heads in prayer. O Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. O God, you've sent your Son to be our King, and we offer praises to you. Because he did not hold himself above us, but came to live as one of us, we sing out hosannas to him and give thanks to you. You have set the law before us, and you have, by the example of Jesus, shown its fulfillment, and holy is your name. You have always been faithful to deliver your people. You sent your prophets to prove your abiding presence with us. And yet we must confess this day that we have chosen to abandon our calling to be your people. We do not attend to you in prayer. We neglect to study your word. And we do not feast at your table. And so we come before you and ask your mercy upon us. Do not remember our sin, but remember your mercy toward us and forgive us, we pray. And send upon us the power of your Holy Spirit that we might see the way to salvation and give us the strength to go forth from this place renewed in your word to bear witness to your act of love in the suffering and death of Jesus that the world might live. And as our Lord suffered pain and humiliation during the last hours of his life, so there are among us those who suffer pain and indignity of disease. We pray, O Lord, that by the holy blood of Jesus, which was shed for us, that it may wash away their suffering, restore them to well-being, and let them proclaim your greatness. Receive these things we ask, O God, and grant them, not because we're worthy or deserving, but for the sake of Him who gave Himself to take away our sin, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let us continue our worship with our giving. Let our ushers come forward at this time.
may be seated. The reading for Palm Sunday is on this year is from Matthew chapter 21, beginning at verse 1. Give attention to the reading of God's holy word. And as they, Jesus and his disciples, approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples ahead, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, tell him that the Lord needs them and he will send them right away. Now this took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to the daughter of Zion, see, your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. And the disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. And they brought the donkey and the colt, and they placed their cloaks on them, and Jesus sat on them. And a very large crowd had formed and spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? And the crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Oh Lord, we wish that we could have been in that number present that day. It vividly comes to our mind, the scene. And we pray that someday that will happen again. And this time you will be proclaimed king of the world. We pray in your name. Amen. Palm Sunday and Easter Sunday and Christmas Eve, there are certain times in the, Christ, in the Christian year when the pastor struggles because he has to think of something new to tell you. And honestly, there's nothing new to tell you about these days except to repeat the information once more with feeling and to tell you that thank God these things happened and thank God we're part of the redeemed and the believers. But a few things struck me as I was looking at the scripture and I want to talk a little bit about crowds. I want to talk about a little bit about how the disciples might have felt. And then of course I want to talk about Jesus. Now, from the beginning of time, there have been crowds of people. Now, some crowds are cheering crowds. Uh, some crowds are jeering crowds. And sometimes a crowd gets what's called a crowd mentality. 
Have you ever heard the word mob rule? Well, that's where it comes from, the mentality of a crowd. And in this, there is no space for thoughtfulness or individual reflection, just immediate and mass response. It moves almost like it has a life all its own. And there's usually two sides of a crowd at first. They don't solidify in the beginning to one way or the other. This crowd that Jesus confronted started off as a cheering and supportive crowd. But in a few days, some of these same people are going to be a far different crowd. Now at this time in Jesus' ministry, which was about to end His earthly ministry, He had become pretty well known in that backwater province of Rome. And people would come when they heard that He was going to be present, and they'd come from far and wide to see Him, to witness to the amazing things that He was doing. But not everyone would believe what they saw. Some would doubt. And we see this scene repeated over and over in the Bible that the crowds that he attracted did not always believe everything. A few weeks ago we talked about the man who was born blind at Jesus healed and if some believed that is a great miracle if you recall and others, eh, they weren't too impressed. They weren't even sure that it had really even occurred even though they could see with their own eyes the evidence. The cheerers, the jeerers, the believers, the doubters. But as the crowd takes shape, as mob rule becomes to come into effect, the sentiment of a crowd solidifies. And the mind of the crowd moves from one side or the other of an issue. And that can be very frightening. And if you're in a crowd of people and it moves in a way that's different from what you think, There's only a few safe ways to behave. Either you go along with the crowd or you keep quiet. A few years ago, I had the great opportunity to be invited to a Clemson ball game in Death Valley. And the the members of the church there who invited me had really good seats. They were season ticket holders. And we had some great seats, and the reason they invited me is because Clemson was playing North Carolina. Knowing that I was a North Carolina fan, they cautioned me to keep myself under control in the game, just in case North Carolina did anything at all, which most of the time they don't, but just in case. Well, I kept myself in check in that crowd of people. And then, lo and behold, the Clemson team threw an interception. And the North Carolina player ran that interception all the way back 80 yards and scored a touchdown. I could not help myself. I jumped up and screamed and hollered, Go Tar Heels! At which time I experienced the crowd mentality as popcorn and drinks started flowing towards my back of my head. Either you go along with the crowd or you keep quiet. If you don't agree, you better stay silent. 
You know, some interesting experiments have been conducted by psychologists to understand crowds and their effect on people's thinking. And these experiments show how readily people are to change their opinion to match the crowd no matter what they see or hear or understand. I find this very remarkable. What this test that I was reading about said that the experiment was really simple. They took a bunch of people, they put them in a room, and onto a screen in front of the room, they projected two lines. One line was obviously longer than the other. The task was simple. State which line is longer. Now what was unknown to the subjects of the experiment, time and time again, they, they repeated this experiment over and over and over. But what they, the person who was being experimented on did not know was the other 20 or so people in the room had been told to lie. They had been told to say that line A was the longer one, even though line A was not. They were involved in the trickery. And so the person conducting the experiment would go around and say, which line do you think is longer? And you would answer, and this one would answer, and this one would answer. And then they would come to the subject of the experiment. Now, what do you think happened? Well, the experiment showed that you change your opinion. That's what. That's how persuasive the effect of the crowd is. Even though your own eyes are telling you, no, that's not true, because of the sway of the crowd, you will give the wrong opinion. And they did this experiment in almost 99% of the time. People, just like you and me, were swayed by the crowd to do the wrong thing, to say the wrong thing. That's in itself is a sermon that we could really use a lot, I think, especially with our children who are involved in so often in peer pressure. But the crowd, I want to get back to the crowd that day in Jerusalem. That crowd that day also acted this way. And you can see it in the rest of the Scripture. There's a lot of scripture between what I read in the day of, of Easter, which is what you'll hear next Sunday. And I hope that you'll take the time to read that body of scripture of what occurred that week each day. But the thing is, there was a big crowd in Jerusalem that day because it was a high holy festival day called Passover. One of the most holiest days in the Jewish faith. And there were people there from the countryside, of course, people there from the city itself, but there were people there from all over the known world that were there honoring their religious beliefs, traveling great distances to Jerusalem, perhaps, perhaps once in their lifetime making a pilgrimage to this holy city for this holy feast. And this crowd was as Kevin said, like a parade that day because they were ready to celebrate. They were there to experience once again this wonderful religious holiday that was part of their faith. And here comes Jesus in the midst of that crowd, this wonderful mood. Here comes Jesus. 
riding in on a donkey. And yet he still proclaimed as a king. Even though kings in those days didn't ride on donkeys, they rode on horses, they rode on stallions. Uh, kings in our time ride around in limousines and armored cars and stuff. And, but he comes in a humble fashion on a donkey. And yet this crowd has this wonderful shouts of Hosanna, Hosanna, which is a recognition of his importance. And so you have this crowd mentality. And if you were there from someplace else in the whole world or there for, from out in the hinterlands, you couldn't help but get caught up in the crowd just whether you knew anything about Jesus or not. I'm sure there were many people there just going, yeah, Hosanna, Hosanna. I don't have a clue what I'm doing, but yeah, Hosanna, Hosanna. The disciples, they must have finally thought they had it made. Success at last. Where are all those arrogant Pharisees? We've got it made. We've got Jesus. And look, the crowd screaming and hollering and cheering. They realize He is the King. Oh, any day now He'll take the throne and, and I'll be a governor of some province. I'm sure some of this stuff went in their minds. After all, they were just like us. But Jesus knew what was to come. He knew that that crowd that was shouting Hosanna would in a few days shout, crucify me. Crucify him. And the other main character in all this is Pilate. And you know, Pilate has, we repeat Pilate's name every Sunday. He's become the great villain uh, villain, a uh, villain of uh, of of all time, and we repeat his name. And yet, if you look closely to Scripture, you'll see that Pilate saw the truth, just like those people in that experiment. But he was swayed by the crowd because he asked two questions. He says, "What should I do with Jesus, who's called the Messiah?" And the crowd shouted, let him be crucified. And then he said something else. He says, why? What evil has he done? And they shouted even more, let him be crucified. And so Pilate was swayed by the crowd to overrule his own logic, his own good sense, his own sense of justice Swayed by the crowd that had now changed from Hosanna to crucify him. And so he sent Jesus out to be flogged and handed over to be crucified. Oh my goodness, how quickly things change. One week, a hero. The next week, an object of scorn. A person to be beaten, to be killed. But I get ahead of myself. We're not there yet. This is Palm Sunday. We haven't made it yet to Holy Thursday and Good Friday. We're here today singing praises to Jesus with our children and we're cheering with that good crowd because Jesus deserves our cheers. But damn deep, we understand 
down deep we understand that we cheer with a heavy heart because we know what's to come. And we also cheer, I think, with the thought that what if, what if we had been in that crowd? Would we have changed? Would we have let them sway us from being those who shouted Hosanna to those who shout crucify Him? You know, it's an important thing for us to remember that Jesus knew all that was going to happen. Jesus knew that Judas would betray Him. Jesus knew that Peter would deny Him. Jesus knew that the disciples would abandon Him. Jesus knew that the crowd would turn. He knew all this, and yet He still had a Last Supper with Judas present. He still prayed for Peter. He still called all of us friends. He still, right up to the last moment, taught and healed folks there in the marketplace in Jerusalem. Jesus knew. We must remember that Jesus knows who we were. Jesus knows who we are today. Jesus knows what we do and what we have done and what we'll yet do. And yet, He still lays His life down for us. He still lays His life down for us. Knowing what's going to happen what an incredible love that is. What an incredible love that is. Yes, today we think about palm leaves and celebrations and parades and crowning Jesus King because we want to hold on to that memory of the cheering crowd that spread their palms and their cloaks and their branches we want to hold on to it because we really wish down deep that this is the way the story would have ended. We wish so much that they had proclaimed Him King that day. And that all these 2,000 years of history since of evil and violence would have never occurred. Oh, how we wish that was the end of the story. But we must, we must realize that the end of that story has to go through the rejection. It has to go through that rejection to save us, which is a great holy mystery. This cross is a holy mystery that most crowds can not accept nor understand. Even us, even we have a hard time understanding and accepting. But if we turn to it in faith, 
if we turn to it in faith and our heart of hearts, we will know and experience heavenly triumph in the midst of earthly despair. For I tell you today, there is no mob rule, no crowd that can defeat the purposes of God. And that someday we will hear these words and Jesus will be proclaimed King of the earth. And I hope that we can shout together, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed are you who have come in the name of the Lord to save and deliver your people. Blessed be your name now and forevermore. Amen. bless you and keep you. May the Lord turn this day and smile at you. May the Lord give you His peace. Amen.